Praise the Lord. Amen. That song was for me, you know. Is it for you as well? Amen. To rescue a sinner like me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For all that Jesus has done for me. I'm so thankful. And all that he has been for you as well. Sister Hilton, it's so good to see you. Amen. No church is, a, is truly a sacrifice. But that just shows how much you love the Lord. I just want to say, happy birthday to Sister Kathy. Where, where is she at? There she is. Praise the Lord. Good to, good to see you as well. Um, and welcome church family again. Happy Sabbath to you all. It's truly good to see you. I want you to turn in your Bibles with me. We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke. It's good. Okay. Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. Just a brief word from the Lord. Luke chapter 14. I am going to begin reading from verse 25. And the thought that I'd like to carry through the text is the thought counting the cost. Counting the cost. By the way, it's good to see my dear brother here with us today as well, Brother Guy. Brother Guy, I want you to stand so the church can see you, man. Everybody, this is Brother Guy Obika. So good to have him today. Thank you for coming, all right? God bless you, my brother. God bless you. All right. Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Let me pray and ask the Lord to bless, bless the word. Father, thank you. You're truly a good God. You're amazing. You deserve our highest praise. I just ask at this time that your Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts. Father, speak to me and through me. And may we receive your word with all gladness and conviction. Father, I give you all that I am. I surrender all my faculties over to you to be used as you choose so that Jesus' name might be magnified. Take it all and give me all so we can bless you, your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Counting the cost. Now, now great multitudes went with him. And he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciples. Wow. Whew. You know, a story is told 
of a turkey and a chicken. A what? They both were looking for a job. They came upon a church sign which was advertising a lunch, which was going to be held in a few days. At the bottom of the sign, the menu was given. It read, Help needed to serve lunch, turkey legs, and eggs. Are you with me? Apply for this job here. The chicken turned to the turkey and said, See, this is an ideal place for me to work. I just give them my eggs and I will be well fed. Right? All I have to give is just my eggs. Yes, said the turkey. Yours is only a contribution. My leg is a total sacrifice. Are you with me? When Jesus is speaking here to the people, he's speaking to the multitude. He's not only speaking to his disciples. He's speaking to people who are trying to get to know him. And many of them will follow him for various things. Some will be, will be following, for, following him for food. Some for miracles. And so on, right? They wanted something from Jesus. But Jesus knew that some of them just wanted stuff. Once they get the stuff, they're gone. Are you with me? He knew the mixed multitude standing before him. So he wanted to tell them what it would take in order to follow me. And then to see how many would be left. So he said, and many times Jesus would speak in hyperbole, just like this. Sometimes he would say, listen, hey, if your eye is giving you a problem, you should what? He's not saying you should actually go and, and do that stuff, right? It's just his way of speaking, and sometimes he uses hyperbole to carry his point, just like this text. He's saying here, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, can you imagine? Is Jesus telling us to go and have hate for our parents, for our brothers and sisters? Didn't Jesus tell us to even love the strangers? Can you imagine that? That husbands should love their what? Their wives? Can you imagine? I mean, all throughout the Bible, the theme of Jesus' life is loving one another. So how come now he's saying that there's actually a time when it's okay to hate someone within our family? What is he trying to communicate here? says, not only a mother and father, wives, children, brothers, and sisters, yes, and his own life also. Jesus is saying that we should even hate ourselves. Can you imagine that? And not only that, or else we can't be his disciples. 
Do you want to be a disciple of Jesus? Come on, y'all, that's weak. You want me to try it again? Do you want to be a disciple of Jesus? Praise the Lord. Well, Jesus is saying, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, I must come first before every person in your entire life. In other words, if your mother or your father is going to tell you to do something that I don't like, I am telling you not to follow them. Are you with me? That's showing that you appreciate me over them. It's not that you hate them. Come on, y'all. He's trying to say, I should be first in your life. And if I am not first, you can't stand with me. Come on, y'all. That's what he's actually saying. Because when times get tough and relatives are pushing you in one way and I want you to go with me in a certain direction, who are you going to choose? I mean, listen, I love my mother. But I tell you, if she's going to go away from Jesus, I know exactly where I'm going to go. And even when I go with Jesus, I still love her. Are you with me? But I know my mom, she's going to follow Jesus. And so that's what Jesus is communicating here. I must be first above your school work. If your schoolwork is moving you away from Jesus, that's a problem. If it's preventing you from being in church when you should, that's an issue. If your job, your career, is causing you to do things that you know you shouldn't do, that's an issue. Jesus is saying, no one will ever be my disciple unless they put me first in everything. He continues because, you know, this is an amazing parable here. This is an amazing thought because he gives one thought, but then he goes and gives other examples to help us understand that one thought. So he continues, and he says, and whoever does bear the cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I mean, what he's saying here is following me, yes, sometimes you will endure some level of suffering. The cross was one of the torture chambers for the Roman government. Are you with me? That's how they'll crucify their worst criminals. Jesus hung on that cross for us. Are you with me? And now we say, if any man wants, anyone wants to be my disciple, be prepared that it's not going to be a bed of roses. There's sometimes we'll have to suffer some stuff for Jesus. Are you hearing me? It is, it is not like you, you become a Christian and then for some reason, man, can you imagine? Heaven is already here. No, it's not. <laughs> it's coming. Hallelujah. It's coming, but it's not here yet. 
and there's sometimes we have to go through some tough stuff. Just know that while you're going through it, that Jesus is right there with you. Do you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Tossed into the furnace. And these three brothers, they wouldn't give up anything for Jesus. Amen? They stepped into that furnace boldly. But when they put their first step there, guess who put a step beside them? Jesus Christ himself. Nebuchadnezzar said, I thought I threw three men in the fire, but I see four. And the fourth one is the Son of God. Hallelujah. So yes, we will go through some stuff. But don't forget, if your life is entwined with Jesus, he will always be with you. He will never leave you or what? Or forsake you. You can bank on Jesus. He'll always come true. And as the boy said, even if he doesn't show up today, we're still not going to bow. Hallelujah. He's able. But if he choose not to help me right now, I, I'm going to die faithful. So he said, listen, uh, yes, you will go through some stuff, but, but don't lose faith because of the bad things in life. Just stay close to me. I am with you. And then he continues. He said, for which of you intending to build a tower Sit down first and count the cost. Whether he has enough to finish it. You know, the tower here that he's referring to, Elder, is most likely a vineyard tower. We go to Israel see a lot of these vineyard towers. And the reason why they'll build them is they'll go up at the top of the tower so that they could see if there's any animals or if then the human beings stealing the flock, stealing the, the, the crop, sorry. Are you with me? So the tower is like a watchtower that they would use to keep the crop safe. And Jesus has said, would you build a tower like that without even counting the cost? You know, sometimes, sometimes I would see I don't see it a lot here. They are. But sometimes when I travel, I will see uh, buildings that the people started building them. But guess what? You know, you see the, it, it, lots of trees in there, and, it, you know, it's half built. No one is living in them. You see what I'm saying? And you wonder, what happened to this person? Did they forget that they had a job to do? They just walk away from it? The thing is half built. But you know, something probably happened on the way. But what Jesus is talking about here is you got to know what you're getting into. Are you with me? And if you know what you're getting into, there's a you might job. And Jesus is saying right here to the people, anybody who wants to be my disciple, must first count the cost. Are you going to come and be my disciple while you're hugging on to that sin? Not wanting to let it go, but still following me? You got to count the cost 
because you got to sever that. If you're going to be with Jesus, you can't carry the baggage with you. Are you? Jesus is saying, you got to be ready to come to me for help to get rid of that stuff. You don't come to me and carry that stuff and hoping to carry it all the way to heaven. It's not going to happen. That's what he's trying to say. So it's either Jesus is serious with his words or he's a speaking stuff. I do want to say he's very serious. If you're going to follow Jesus, he's saying, just know you can't follow me and just come to church and go home. And then come back the next week and do nothing for me during the week. Come on, y'all. Silence. He's trying to say something to his people. You have to count the cost. If you're going to be my disciple, you have to look at how I lived life when I was here. And how did I live life when I was here? I was always my father's business, not my carpentry business. I did my carpentry business when it was time to do that, but that wasn't all I did. You with me, folk? I wasn't about that. That helped my father's my father's business, you have to know, if you're going to be my disciple, should be your That's what he's saying. If you're going to be my disciples, you're going to have to, and I'm going to have to count the cost. Do I want to do that? When I come to Jesus, is that the kind of life that I want to live? I'm always in service for him and and, and doing all I can to bring other people to know him? Is that the kind of life that I want? You got to count the cost. Are you with me? All right. He, he's talking to his people here, and he's saying, listen, sure enough, sure enough, when we live a life with Jesus, there's many rewards. Are you with me? Because when we count the cost, yes, yes, there's some tough stuff we got to do for, with Christ each and every day. But guess what? If we never count the cost, what is it going to take? If, it, if we never count the cost, how are we going to know how we should live? I tell you this. When I read this text, Revelation 3 came to my mind. It did. Revelation 3, I see some people who never counted the cost. When Jesus thought about them, he thought about them in the church right before he comes back. And these were people who were neither hot nor cold. They never counted. They didn't know what it was like to be hot and stay hot. But they were very comfortable in the middle. And you have to remember, your Lord, my Lord, do not like the middle. Are you with me? He does not like the fence sitting. It's either you are with him or you're not with him. It's either you, 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 you choose him and you listen to when he talks about moving away from the world. 
not loving the world. Oh, church family. Jesus right here is saying, we got to count the cost. Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who sees it begin to mock him. So just like when we see half-finished buildings that are over, overcome by all kinds of shrubs, we kind of look at it and we say what? Ah, oh, man, that, that person who did that, that place, they didn't count the cost, right? Jesus is saying, no half-baked life for me, but a full life is what I accept as my disciple. Truth be told, I can't give my full life to Jesus. I really can't. What I have to do is to simply go to him and ask him, Lord, can you make me an authentic disciple? Can you do a special work in my life that will make me a person who is hot? The truth is we can't in and of ourselves. But some of us are not even willing to go to him for help. Are you with me? He's saying this is serious. He's talking to the multitude and he's saying, listen, if you really want to hang with me, it's going to take some serious decisions and work from your part. Are you willing? I want to see how many of these people were, were still willing to move ahead. Let's keep going. Lastly, he said, again, he said to them, trying to explain this, 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 this thought, or what king going to make war against another does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of what? Peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my what? This is a smart brother. Isn't that true? This brother has 10,000 soldiers. Looks at the army coming against him, he sees 20. So he says, listen, hey, let's talk. <laughs> he said, listen, let's talk. Let's figure a way how we can, uh, we can somehow make things work, right? Smart brother. And you know, being a Christian, there's sometimes, there's sometimes during our experiences, you know, we really have to know what to do with certain decisions that we're about to face. For instance, is this the right person to marry? Is it the right time? For this investment, is this the right thing I should be doing right now? Is it the right time? In other words, in other words, we go to who? Jesus is saying, don't just be making decisions as you please, as if 
you are just living by yourself. He's saying decisions that we make today in life, right now, might affect our spirituality going forward. He's saying, listen, let me help you count this cost. I will tell you what's best for you. The, the issue is, and I found this to be so true, the issue is there's a time when I used to live life only on my own decisions, my own thoughts, my own will. If the Lord did not do a special work in my life, I don't know if I would be here today. I don't know where that would have led me. But I can see a major turn in my life the moment I went to Jesus. And I said, Lord, I want you as my Lord and Savior. I want you to lead my life. Help me. I remember when I went to him and talked to him and asked him to come in and direct me and guide me. And I tell you what, 1995 that was. And I can see a major change in my life since then. It's like Nebuchadnezzar, you remember him? When Nebuchadnezzar was running his life and his own kingdom? But finally, Nebuchadnezzar decided to say, Lord, I want you to be my ruler. And you know what? As I this morning, I can't wait when I get to heaven and I ask King Jesus, where's Neb? Can I see Neb? Can I talk to him? Because his last testimony was a testimony where he gave his heart to the king. Amen. King of heaven. Amen? Amen? The king of heaven. If you want to be my disciple, you have to learn to live life with Jesus Christ as your king and as a number one. Are you with me? In fact, when you do, guess what will happen? He will sort out the rest. You know how I know that? Seek me first. And the what? And the kingdom of? Kingdom of? Of God. And all these things? And his righteousness. And all these things will be? So in other words, if you think that, hey, listen, Lord, if I follow you, there's no way there's no way I can pay my bills and pay a faithful tithe and give a faithful offering. There's nothing I would have left to take care of anything else if I follow you, Lord. And Jesus is saying, hold up. Hold up. The tent don't even belong to you. So let's put that out on the side. That's not even yours. You get paid and you don't give a tent, give back God what he has blessed you with. You know what I've learned about that, friends? Take it from your pastor. It never works out well for the person. I've never seen it where it works out well for the person. But anytime you practice to be faithful to God, you will see his blessing upon your life. 
So God is saying, listen, when you put me first, I'll take care of the bills. Are you with me? I'll take care of the car payment. I'll take care of you so well. All right? You will have it running over. He says, put me first. You say, listen, Lord, all I have, the time I have is to only do my schoolwork. I have no time for you to serve you in no other way. And Jesus is saying, but that's not how I, that's not the example I set for you. I didn't set an example where I was all living up the world and never having the time for my father. The example I gave you is all in my word. Just look at how I lived. Come on, y'all. He's saying, seek me first. Put me first in everything. God has blessed some of you with some awesome talents. Right now you're sitting here. He has equipped you well. And he wants you to use it for his kingdom. But guess what? Some of you want to serve all kinds of different agendas and talents. Give your energy and time to all kinds of stuff. I grew up. I grew up doing that, giving my life to soccer. Are you with me? I grew up doing that very same thing, wanting to be, wanting to be one of the biggest soccer stars and giving all my time to that. You know what, friends? It's like Solomon. I was chasing after the wind. That's what I was chasing after. Are you with me? I put that dream and that pursuit before the things of God came up to be nothing. This is real stuff God is talking about. Anytime we put stuff above God, you will end up in a losing position. God is saying, if you want to win, if you want to win, put me first. So the question is, is there anybody here today who would like to put Jesus Christ first in their life above everything else as your Lord and as your Savior? I'm going to invite you, if you'd like to say, Jesus, I want you to be number one. Could you help me with this decision? I'm going to ask you to stand. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes, Lord, I just know I can't do it off myself. I, I know it's the right thing to do, but I'm going to need your help to accomplish it. Praise the Lord. Let's bow your heads. Maybe you're here today as you bow your head. Maybe you're here today. You have never given your heart to Jesus Christ. You've never accepted him as the Lord and Savior of your life. This is the first time. Maybe the Lord is speaking to your heart right now. And you want to say, Pastor Harris, I want to answer that call. 
I want to answer that call to have Jesus as my Lord and Savior for the first time right now. I'm going to invite you right where you are. Right where you are. We won't be hanging long. Just hold your hands up. Let's put your hands up. Praise the Lord. You want to say, Lord, I see the hands. I see the hands. Let's pray. I see the hands. I see the hands. I'll be talking to some of you right after the service. How you can be a part of this church. How you can be a baptized member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. You're truly a good God. In so many ways, you work so that you can get our attention. And we believe today is one of those days. <clears throat> the people are standing to their feet. They're listening online. I'm hoping they're standing there as well. But over this church, they're saying, we want to be your disciples, Lord. And we don't want to be your disciples just for a certain We don't want to be half-heartedly. We want to be your disciples forever and to be wholeheartedly your disciples. <clears throat> we hear your word today. And Father, we're, we're trying to say to you that we're incapable, fully incapable of doing what you would like us to do. And so that's why we're coming in your name. take full control of our hearts, our minds, and to fill it with yours. We're saying to you that we're surrendering all that we are, and we want to be yours, to be you in any way you choose. May today be the day in which we break off our sins. May today be the day we put away all the things that have been hindering our relationship together. And may today be the day where we serve you 100%. Lord, thank you. And for those who wrote, raised their hands, I pray, Lord, you know their hearts. And they're making a decision for you right now. And I pray that you'll make that decision eternal. May it be a decision that will, that, that will result in them being taken into glory. Father, thank you for this church. Thank you for the loving hearts of the people. And I pray that this church will continue to be a blessing to you now and forevermore. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name, the church of the living God say, Amen. Amen. And amen. Blessings, church family.